Hello and welcome to another episode of To Be Perfectly Honest. This week we're talking about Season 1, Episode 9, Baylor of Game of Thrones. And as always, I'm your host, Corey. I'm Anel. And today we have a special guest in the studio, and his name is... Matt. And Matt is a longtime friend of both me and Anel, and he's also an avid Game of Thrones, uh, both reader and watcher. And uh, Matt, how did you uh, like this episode going back in time? Uh, it was the first time I've gone back and watched an episode uh, in a while, and it was very nostalgic. You haven't been watching four episodes a day to get ready. We have officially 30 <laughs> days, I think, at this point. I've been slacking. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're like, we'll get through season one, and then I'm going to have to cram all of it in. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to, but I did the math on it, and it was going to be like eight yeah. episodes a day. Hey, we when we did the season seven episodes, we were like, oh, yeah, let's cram it all in. And I literally walked outside after watching all of them up to that point and was like, where's my Valerian steel sword? <laughs> I paid the iron price for it. Like, it made no sense. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of a crazy episode. Uh, let's go ahead and do a quick summary and then we will dive deep into it. OK, sounds good. At the Lannister camp, Lord Tywin tells Tyrion that he will fight with the Hill Tribes in the vanguard of the army, but Tyrion suspects that his father is trying to get him killed. Bronn finds a prostitute named Shay. they all swap stories, get drunk, and we hear about the first time that Tyrion was married. Go figure, it's a real bummer. The Stark army approaches, Tyrion orders the Hill Tribes to combat, but he is trampled. When he gains consciousness, the battle has already been played out, and Lord Tywin reveals the Stark Coast army was only 2,000 men. At the Twins, the Stark army arrives to a fortified bridge that's controlled by the cranky Lord Walder Frey, who sealed off the bridge and refuses to let the army cross. Catelyn makes a deal that involves marrying Arya and Rob to the Frey children in return for allowing the army to cross. Due to the false information Rob gave to the captured Lannister scout, the remainder of Rob's men sneak up on Jaime Lannister's army, defeating them and capturing Jaime. At the Wall, the Lord Commander Mormont gives Jon Snow his Valyrian steel sword Longclaw, which was originally meant to go down to Ser Jorah before Jorah's exile. John later finds out about the war that Rob's starting against the Lannisters and feels guilty that he should be there to help Rob. Master Aemon summons John and has a heart-to-heart -heart with them where he reveals that he's actually Aemon Targaryen, the Mad King Aerys Targaryen's uncle and Daenerys' great-uncle. Aemon advises John that he must choose either his duty to the Night's Watch or his family, but also warns that the consequences of his choice will haunt him for the rest of his life. In Lazar, Carl Drogo falls from his saddle, a sign of weakness among the Dothraki. Daenerys takes Drogo into her tent and sends for Miri Mazduel to help him. Jor explains that if Drogo dies, Kothro and the other Bloodriders will fight amongst themselves to be his successor, and whoever wins will kill her and her unborn child. Danny refuses to abandon her husband, even when Miri tells Danny that she cannot save him. In desperation, Danny encourages Miri to use blood magic. Miri says that only death can pay for life. She brings Drogo's horse in the tent, slits the throat, and orders everyone to leave, and warns that no one must enter during the spell. Carl Drogo's brother, shocked at what Daenerys has done, tries to stop the spell, but Mormont kills him to prevent interference. In the meantime, he's pushed over Danny, and she goes into premature labor, but none of the Dothraki midwives will help her, thinking that she's now cursed. In desperation, Mormont carries Danny into Drogo's tent to seek Miri's help. In King's Landing, Varys visits Ned in the dungeons and tells Ned that if he makes a false confession and swears loyalty to King Joffrey, Cersei will spare Ned and let him serve his remaining days at the Night's Watch as an exile. Arya, who's been living as a beggar in the streets of King's Landing since her escape from the Lannisters, learns a crowd is gathering at the Sept of Baelor, where her father will be judged before the gods. With Sansa, Cersei, Joffrey, and the small council looking over him, Ned confesses to treason and swears fealty to Joffrey in front of the crowd. Joffrey breaks his promise and orders Ned to be executed. As Sansa watches in horror, Yorin prevents Arya from seeing her father's execution. 
when he sees Arya has been rescued, Ned accepts his fate and is beheaded by Sir Ellen Payne. Okay, guys, so that was a crazy summary of that episode because it was a crazy episode. Um, so, Matt, since you're new here on the channel, what were your overall thoughts of the episode? Uh, it was nice <clears throat> seeing people that I hadn't seen in a while. Yeah, definitely. Like, we see the little Stark family as they're getting ripped apart for the first time. Yeah. Well, slowly ripped apart. Yeah. They definitely had uh, some moments where I was like, the show's been running for a while because I can see the physical changes in some of the actors. Oh, yeah. Looking at little Arya. Yeah, that's oh my what gosh. I was thinking of in particular. Insane. Um, what was the scene that stood out the most to you in this entire one? I mean, the beheading scene is obviously important, but what was your like favorite scene? Mm. Me personally, my favorite scene was watching uh, Rob Stark and that small group of cavalry run out of the woods, mm -hmm. like victorious in that yeah, battle. Totally. But um, it's one of the ones that I wish we could have seen. Yeah, totally. If they had a little bit more money, a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why they cut it out. But in the books, the, the fight that Tyrion's in mm -hmm. uh, does end up being like a small fight like that. Yeah. And then that other fight is going on. Um, I just... It would have been a fun to see. Yeah. Yeah, especially because we don't see a whole lot of battles with him. Okay, now, so what was your favorite scene? I like the scene with John and Maester Aemon. We got some backstory on the Targaryens and the Mad King, and it kind of made you look at that from a different perspective where you could see that the Mad King had a family behind him and it humanized the Targaryens a little bit. Yeah, I really like that scene as well. Um, you know, it always feeds into me when I'm rewatching these. And I don't know about you guys, but the slick, the cyclical nature of all of this. You know, we have um, Robert's Rebellion, and we have all these things that happened, and you see these different perspectives, especially with Master Aemon, where, like, for the Targaryens, like, this was a detrimental thing as well. And really, if we're looking from the Stark perspective, it's, uh, yeah, it was a battle. It was great. But this is how, you know, we kind of became known. Um, we had people that died as well. But you kind of see that there's always someone who loses. And we're ramping up to the same thing again. So um, definitely I like that scene as well. My favorite scene, I think, is in the beginning with Varys and Ned. I think uh, it is such good acting between the two of them. And it's a really great scene to, like, have a last conversation with Ned before he gets that. Back to Anel's scene. Um, I actually really liked that scene too. Mm -hmm. um, I think for people that are first watching the series uh, and then haven't like read any of the books at all, I think that it's kind of confusing because you don't know any of the people that he's talking about until he says the Mad King. Mm -hmm. um, but about the cyclical thing, that I think is really apparent where, uh, I mean, even, you know, with Ned mm -hmm. being executed is kind of similar to something that happened with his family earlier. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, uh, and then you have Eamon who's like, and anybody that gets sent to the wall is almost like, now they're spectators of those cycles. They're like outside of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they kind of realize that, yeah, it is just a Game of Thrones, that it's going to keep on going. There's nothing you can do about it. You can go and try to prevent it, and one side's going to win, and then it's just going to change, and you live to be 40, and then it happens again. Yeah, it's almost like you just, you recognize that the rat race is not the real priority yeah totally okay so let's start talking about kind of everything one by one so one of my favorite scenes was with ned and varus that's kind of how we open um and this is one of the last times that we actually get dialogue with ned talking back and forth to somebody because when we see him later in the episode he's obviously in a crowd and getting his head cut off and everything he's saying is just 
mouthing that he's a traitor in order to save his daughters. Garbage. Um, for th- for this one, I think it's so crazy that he is getting manipulated by Varys. Like we see Varys almost get angry at him. He starts the conversation by kind of informing him, "Hey, uh, you probably don't know this, but Sansa, you know, is uh, begging for your life. Rob's marching to the south, um, and Cersei's not, honestly, she's not even worried about you." She cares about Stannis. So you should just say that you're a traitor and then like, you'll just go to the wall and everything will be fine. And you have Ned like, Oh, I, do you think my life's important to me? Like my honor is more important than everything. Like we know Ned, obviously this entire show has been about that. But then he's like, Oh, well, are you too honorable to save your daughters? And that flips the switch. But it's just like, dude, I feel like Martin's entire thing is just like, here's the way that you want it to go down. If everything goes well, and then he just poops all over it. Yeah, totally. So this is something we try to play with sometimes. In some of the episodes, they don't have like a really clear one. But what do you think the theme is for this one? To me, it's all about choices. Yeah, choices. And living um, with them. And like you have Daenerys basically choosing to bring back um, Call Drogo. And then we also have Rob's choice in this one to accept Walter Frey's uh, proposition and basically decide that you know Arya is going to be um marrying one of the fray boys and then he's going to marry one of the fray girls even though he knows they're butt ugly. So to me it's all about these choices that people are making and their tough decisions and deciding that they're going to live with them or the consequences of those choices. I feel like I feel like that's not a bad take on it, but I would probably just take it one step further and and have it be you know the way that the way that certain ideas influence your choices, mm-hmm. you know, the way that, um, you know, Tyrion thinks about going into battle, how he thinks about these, these men and, um, you know, Rob, how he feels people should behave, not expecting how Walder, you know, who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, Ned making this decision based on this false idea that, you know, they're going to play by the rules yeah, kind of totally. And, um, just it, this, this kind of dualist thing where like people, there are people that just do it and the ends justify the means. And then people that are a little bit more honorable mm-hmm. and have integrity. When you were just saying that it reminded me as well, and this is obvious, but every one of those people is making these decisions off of someone else's like feedback. Right? So we have Varys influencing Ned. We have Tyrion being influenced by Tywin. We have Danny influenced by Miri and and kind of jorah and then we have um you know rob influenced by his mom and all of these people are unreliable not narrators because we're not reading a book but you know what i mean they're yeah they're, it's like a game of telephone yeah and it's it's just ridiculous um but yeah that's that's what i felt like the theme was um anel you got any anything else to throw in there any little spice that you noticed no but i think one of the other um um points that prove that choices would be a theme and um, just to tack on what you were saying, Matt, is the conversation between John and Maester Eamon where Maester Eamon was talking about his decision to join the Night's Watch. And once he made that choice, he couldn't um, renege from that because it's a commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. And I think a lot of these choices that they made were ones that they had to live with, especially Ned for as short as his life was (laughs) after that. Seriously. But, um, it was really interesting to me that 
he was, Ned was unwilling to compromise like his whole life. It was all about honor. And um, the one time he decides that he's going to try something different, look how it works out for him. So I'm just going to say I'm a little bit frustrated. Uh, I kind of wish that I'd watched episode eight and done this mm-hmm. with you guys. Yeah, totally. Because I, you, you know, like, you know, just go watch up. episode nine. It's fine. It's the episode that Ned dies. Like, yeah. Yay. <laughs> Awesome, yeah. I and it's was... like, it's just Sean Bean being typecast again. Yeah, and seriously, right? I prefer Boromir's death scene. <laughs> I, yeah. It, it, it Also, watching it during the day, I think you said you did that too. Yeah. It's like a real bummer. <laughs> like, eh, okay. Um, okay, so we talked about that. You know, I think there's something that I'm going to guess Matt has something to say about. But, Anel, I know you and I, uh, back in season seven, we talked a lot about this. But what do we think about John getting um, long claw? I was yeah, it was just like it was like the elephant in the room. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like one of the coolest things. Long claw. I, I I wish that they had done something a little bit different. And you'll have to correct me if this is spoiler territory or not. But like finding out about Jorah and. But so you're you're kind of saying you wish there was more kind of emphasis put on like the relationship between them and how it was. Fractured. Yeah, and just like how the sword actually was a, you know, it was it was already handed down to Jorah, yeah. and then he he ended up returning it. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> that was kind of like a sad. It was all, it was sad, you know, and I think it gave a little bit more depth to just like tying those things together. It's like you watch those characters a little bit differently when you know that they're connected like that. Yeah, definitely. I think it, you know, looking on it from Jorah's father's point of view. Um, it's like, you know, he gives this thing that's such an honorable traditional family heirloom down to him. And then he's an honorable man. I don't know if we ever learn in the series, like why he goes to the Night's Watch, but it's for honor. It's not anything he's done wrong. He's like, this is an honorable thing. We live in the North. I'm going to go and do this. And then basically learns that his son has pissed away all the honor in the family and is booted out to Essos gives the the thing back and it's a constant kind of badge of shame to him so i think that you know well and it, it used to have a bear on it too totally he changes it. i think he changes it he right changes there it for john to to the sigil of the house of stock yeah Dying. which is really cool i that that part i thought was really dope and then like the little you know the white and it's and it's like you made it into ghost yeah oh totally you know yeah it's awesome super custom yeah, I, I'm jealous. Pimp my sword. And then we see, you know, the other thing, we see another um, one of these uh, Valerian Steel Swords, and it's ice, and it kills Ned. And yeah. how fucked up That's is what that? I'm saying. His execution, he's executed with his own weapon. Yep. He, through this choice that we were talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. with false expectations, yep. ditches his integrity and honor, and then still ends up being killed. Like, it's... Yeah, it's just, sad. Yeah, it's just like every way that you can be effed in life. Totally. And right in front of his daughter. Martin just happens, just does it. Yeah, both of them. I think that's one thing that I remember most about this episode is how different my perspective was of what television could be. Because until that point, I don't remember another show where I felt truly like anybody's number could be up at any Every, time everything's disney mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, when you watch game of thrones like everything else is like disney it seriously <laughs> is and I, I mean like even up until the very end it looked like joffrey was going to be like oh let me just 
okay, I'll give him a second chance. And he's like, but these are the soft hearts of women. Mm-hmm. And even even Circe was like, what are you doing? You well, know, her face. Because remember, we had talked about this in the last episode. I don't know if this was in spoilers or not, but it's not really a spoiler that this is their plan. Circe's plan is to basically, you know, have Ned as this person that goes away, have the daughters as kind of her um, hostages and be like, okay, the North, you behave. I'm taking over the throne. We're going to have to deal with the Baratheon side of things still, but this land is now the Lannisters and that all gets thrown into chaos because Joffrey's a little fucking shit. Yeah. Little fucking shit. This is yeah. where you're such like, a brat. Oh. That's what I put in. I, I was like the, one of the things I wrote down too. I was like, Oh God, I fucking hate him so much, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Well done because he is like, he's just vile. Like, mm-hmm. and, but then, you, then you like see the actor in real life and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> it's like yeah, Tom it's Holland. Like, he's like Tom Holland. Like, nice yeah. you know yeah totally no i i i like i mean because i think i think when you first watch it i don't think you realize how like all of those things are tied together and the ramifications of that one choice yeah and while it sucks to have ned and like <laughs> like really shitty but like it's just that that first domino in the everything yeah yeah i think you know, if this was like any other television show, we'd have Ned probably third season die, you know, like they play it out this entire time. And I think uh, I think it was like two episodes ago. There was actually no scenes of Ned um, when he was first like arrested. And basically HBO was like, oh, my God, you need to put scenes of Ned in there, because if people don't think that he's going to make it like people are going to stop watching. And everyone in Game of Thrones was like, yeah, read the books like things don't look too good. Like, it's more, it's about other characters. Well, no, I get it, though, because, you like, <clears throat> I had, going into the watching Game of Thrones, I had no idea about anything. I did, yeah, same Kind thing. of except for the fact that Sean Bean was in it. Yeah. And I love Sean Bean. Yeah. So, I, and then I'm like, so I don't, I don't know whether he's going to die or live. I legitimately didn't. Yeah. And it was kind of a bummer. It was kind of like, man, they did it to him again. <laughs> I'm just like, damn it. That's what they do. They just they just bring him in to kill him. Yeah, totally. So here's a question for you guys. Who is your most hated character of this episode? Is it Joffrey or is it Mary? Mazduel. Joffrey. Jeffrey. D- definitely Jeffrey. Joffrey. Jeffrey. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Joffrey. There's just no way yeah. you can't hate him. He's he just he like he has the most like punchable I, I face. literally the second we see him i hated him which is literally the first episode so yeah i mean it's like he just he it. but like that's what i'm saying he's so good at that though totally like he just he could not say anything and just look at you and you're like oh my god i want to choke you today yeah you just, even down yeah. to his mannerisms the way he sits on this throne and he just kind of oh, cocks so his hand yeah. and he acts like he's meant for that yeah life. like he's never been like punished or like Sp- like he, the, the, he's the kind of you're like spank your children <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah seriously um so speaking of mary uh so what did we think about this whole scene about uh in lazar and essos and with daenerys carl drogo i mean to be honest to be perfectly honest that's the name of the show uh i the all of the stuff with the cowl and and everything um or the not the cow, but Carl. Yeah. Call. I don't know. Uh, all the stuff in the desert was super boring to me. Um, 
on this watch, I mean, I remember the first time being like very, you know, it's hard to even remember back because I've now watched it like four times all the way through for this part. Um, but I do believe the first time that was a big deal to me. This time it's kind of like meh to me. Yeah, I just and feel like I it's think, just a lot of exposition. and Well, and a lot of it is like no fucking shit. Like, come on, Daenerys. Like she he has a little scratch. And he's like, oh, I'm fine. And she's like, no, let her do that. And then she's like, I am not a witch. Yeah, but I don't think. And dying. Yeah, but I think um, if I recall correctly, um, she didn't. Well, I could be wrong, but I thought it was just literally, you know, he got nicked in a fight and it got infected. But she's the it gets infected because she's playing with it basically is what we're to led to believe and i believe in the next episode we we get some closure on that but it's it's pretty obvious that she is being a little sneaky sneak and everybody everybody is like she's a witch like not only are they like if she's straight up told by jorah like we need to get the fuck out of here because they're gonna fucking slit your throat they're gonna kill your baby and she's like no i'm staying here and it's like girl what the hell yeah. are you doing you're well, like she, you're holding she, on to it and especially in the books like she was really young like, she doesn't look as young in the show as she was in the books. Yeah, because like, they wanted her not to look like pedophilia. Yeah, for sure. It was, but it definitely was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard. Uh, <clears throat> but the, all the, like, like the the demon like, oh my God, so crazy. sounds and stuff. <laughs> it was, it was, you're like, yo, that's, that's not right. Can you imagine being the Dothraki horde, like... I'd be like, I am getting the fuck out and of this. And how brutal that kill was with Jorah too. Like he's yeah. just, and the two, like just the the two different fighting styles. Yep. You know the the fast Dothraki, uh, and then Jorah, Jorah just like catches it. Oh yeah, he looks. Yeah. He looks. Yeah, definitely not practicing. But I mean, he, they foreshadow it. That's why he says, you know, oh, in open combat, like a man with armor is always going to win. It's and how stupid was uh, the brother? It'd be like, I'm going to stab you in the armor. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, that you're is, not that, that is, you're not wearing a helmet, bro. Go for the eyes or yeah, seriously. Well, Daenerys is trying to stick with Westerosi tradition. Yeah. You know, she's, she's even though she's been, water. even though she's been an Essos, it's kind of bizarre to me. And, and then she's been with the Dothraki who have pretty much no rules. Mm. And she thinks that these people are going to be loyal to her just based on who she is. And the Dothraki already told her like we don't like witches <laughs> like yeah. that's let's not do rule number one we don't like witches rule number two we love our horses yeah <laughs> rule, num rule number three there's a min minimum quota of times daenerys has to have horse blood on her yeah Seriously. and she has to eat a horse heart don't forget yeah, that just, yeah god yeah i i just feel like she is very much doing what her brother did before her and she should have learned that mistake quite early on because he came in and was like oh these savages blah 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 i'm gonna do what i want ah Carl drogo oh it's me an army and then it's like mm, that didn't end up so well and then danny is like oh no i respect the culture i'm gonna learn everything but then she's getting to this point where she's like i don't give a fuck about your culture my army my man my baby i'm gonna do what i want and it's like uh, is there any way else you can do this? And honestly, part of me wants to know, like, I know we have Jorah, who's like, he's going to die by the end of the night. But it's like, fuck you, Jorah. You got a medical degree? Like, take that shit off. Give him some, you know, Pedialyte. Yeah, but that's the voice of reason, though. I mean, and, and, and not the voice of reason, the voice of experience. Like, my other question kind of in regards to this is, 
Well, I'm going to save this for spoilers because it's a little bit crazy town. Um, anyways, anything else we want to talk about with this uh, scene in SS? Um, <clears throat> no. No, we're good. Okay. Except I'm not 100% sure why that guy died because, like, it looked like he got his throat cut. <laughs> it did. But it, it was didn't. just, like, his cheek. Yeah. I think he got, like, a blow to the head. Okay. They've done that before with Cyril Pharrell. He's like fighting and he's like, oh, I hit you in the head. And you like concussed out. Well, okay. I don't know why that guy died, though. Yeah, he just he looked dead, though. I mean. And <clears throat> I think it was the fight with Cyril Pharrell was in like the the um, previously on part of the show. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I like didn't watch the last episode and I saw that part. Yeah. And that made me sad, too, because yeah. I'm just like, if you just get, just like gave him a real sword, he would have whooped all those dudes. Yeah. Seriously. I know. Or just run. Like, yeah. come on, man. I don't believe he died. Well, we'll see. <laughs> if you don't, if, if you didn't see it, it didn't happen. So, okay, so that's Essos. Now let's go back and um, what, I mean, this Tyrion, um, <laughs> basically, oh yeah, you know what? Thanks, son. Um, I'm glad you're alive and I really value you. But maybe you should fight in the front, in the vanguard, and uh, don't die. Well, honestly... If I was if I was Tyrion or not Tyrion Tywin, yeah. I'd have done the same thing. I'd rather have I'd rather have dirty old <laughs> wilderness people yeah. be the ones that die and and take. I mean, like, but with your son in the front, yeah. He's <laughs> I only, fucking he, hate him. He's only half a son, anyways. I mean, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, <clears throat> I think that that's I think that that's a waste of resources as far as Tyrion goes. I do too. But I, it seems kind of out of place. But I think that there's probably a certain agenda in that regard too like he definitely doesn't like him yeah i i feel like watching it as many times as i have now i'm almost thinking that he's his intention is not to kill him but it's to get them to actually fight yeah i don't know i i, I feel like because it just doesn't make sense like he he does despise Tyrion, but i feel like almost now more than ever is like when he's like gaining more respect for him. Yeah, I don't think I don't think putting him and his men in the vanguard was Malicious. like designed entirely to get Tyrion killed. Yeah, I mean if that maybe if that's what you want to do, you could have been, you could have ordered your own yeah. guys to take him out like well, maybe on the battlefield. It's to prove himself. You know, he's like, well, you got to get out of the nest sometime. I think it, I think honestly, it had more of a logistical thing because they fought for Tyrion, and yeah. if Tyrion wasn't there, then they wouldn't have done anything. That's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking on this one too. Yeah. Um, what do we think about um, our favorite prostitute, Shay? Shay. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I put I, I like just drinking games with Tyrion, like yeah. Oh, yeah. for the win. Pretty great. Um, Bron is like, well, I'm gonna go off and get my own whore now. Whoa. Your mother's a whore. Drink. What about this? Uh, this kind of origin story for uh, Tyrion, as far as Tysha, Tysha, and yeah, it's really. It's it's really messed up. And I mean, right. and there's some developments as far as that story goes too. Totally. Moving forward that he doesn't really know in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a uh, very desperate and just oh, I I feel so like ugh, that's such a disgusting. Can I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, so okay, so they have this, you know, story time basically. And Shay's talking to, to Tyrion. Tyrion's basically saying Oh yeah, you know, oh so tragic, which it is so tragic. But then Shay points out that like uh she wanted to sleep with you right after being raped. Like you should have known that was a weird thing. And then right after that, she fucks Tyrion. Yeah, I like I don't I don't take what she says. 
for anything. No, I, I'm definitely getting right at this point that she is not interested in him purely to be interested in him. I think that is a factor, but she's being a whore right now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. This is like the first episode you see her, too. So, yeah, the next morning, basically, we wake up and we have the Lannister armies finding out the fucking Starks have gone and done it. Oh, and... yeah, dude. Rob's he's innocent and naive and that's what ends up, you know, like messing him up, but yeah. understanding the uh, tactical side of things, but not necessarily understanding like the nuanced, like personal and emotional. He's definitely like he, the way he's able to navigate this is so awesome because everyone underestimates him. Yeah. And if they weren't underestimating him, I don't think he'd be that effective of a leader, but he's able to do a lot of stuff that is like traditionally you wouldn't do. And if people aren't really like, oh yeah, he he has all the tactical know how to pull one over on us, like, well, and at the other t the other side of the coin too is that like this is he's succeeding at this point right now, and he's he's kind of doing what a leader should do, and you know really listening to the advice that he's being given, yeah, um, and just and just the whole bait and switch with the you know when Tywin's like, where was you know, where was Rob or where was whatever? And he was like, with the other 18,000 men. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. Gotcha, bitch. Yeah. Totally. And then and then with Jamie being captured and... Well, I think it shows his character too that, you know, he was able to make the tough decisions when it counted, but he knew that he was responsible for the death of the... Sending 2,000 men to their death. Oh, yeah, totally. It It's totally waiting on him because, I mean, essentially that's what he's going to fight for right now is to s prevent his father from dying and yet... How how many lives is that worth? Just or like you said, sisters. choices choices have to be made, mm -hmm. and um, I, it's such a bummer to me um, that we didn't get to see more of that. This episode was pretty Ned centric, mm -hmm. but there I haven't read the books, but just from people who who have read the books talking about it, there was so much more going on in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. as far as the battle goes and everything, like there was a whole I and mean, there's a whole scene where Tyrion is on horseback with like a morning star mace yeah. fighting these other guys and i mean they're i mean he's even if he like spent all of his life training like he'd still be at a disadvantage you yeah. know and uh and he gets he gets unhorsed and then he's like you know just like they showed in the they just skipped forward he had mud yeah. all over his breastplate like he went down pretty early and yeah um so, and then we have basically our finale scene. We have Arya on the statue of Baylor, and she's basically watching her father walk up, confess to treason because he's trying to save his life slash his daughter's lives. And everyone's like, yep, okay, you're going to wall, the going wall. And Joffrey's being a little shit. Basically, he's like, fuck you, you dumb women. I'm doing what I want. Slices off his head with ice. And that's the end of the scene. We see some pigeons fly away. So, not ravens. Not ravens, like some people would have thought. Um, what do we think about this last, you know, what is there to say that hasn't been said already? I, it's devastating. It makes me very uncomfortable for both of the daughters. I can't put myself in Arya's head because at this point she's basically like, I mean, she's been living in the streets for a couple days now. Like, what the hell do you do? I mean, can you she's, even imagine? She's on pure adrenaline at this point. Oh yeah. And like, uh, I, as far as her sister, like, man, Sansa Oh, I, I don't know if I would be able to make that. Like, she fainted. She fainted in this episode. I'm, I just don't know if even if I woke Did up. She? Like, yeah. yeah, she's. That. And the last thing he hears as he kind of zones out is just her like screaming like. 
Wait, Ned zoning out? Uh, so, so, you know, Ned's like, he looks at the people and the people are like against him. And I think it's supposed to be a big point of like, you know, he was fighting for the people for honor. And it's like, look where honor got you. Everyone turned against you, including all the people. Well, I mean, what do you expect? You just lied to them and told you, told them all that you were like. Exactly. I'm kind of also, the other thing is like, he, I feel like could have been like, just kidding. They're cutting off my head. It's lying. I was trying to save myself. Yeah. Fuck Joffrey. Yeah, but then that would be dishonorable because you'd already made a choice. God. <laughs> I don't even... Yeah, it's just garbage. Yeah. Honor. Like, what the fuck is that? Well, no, I get it. It's just like, you should have stuck by it the whole time. But at the same time, no. like, I, I also understand, like, you know. So there's a scene where John is talking to Maester Eamon and he talks about uh, love being the killer of duty. And I think that this scene um, really spells out that example because Eamon was talking about, you know, what is um, duty compared to the love of a woman? And that's the same kind of, um, that's what Varys used to convince um, Ned to go ahead and say that. That's a treason, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that just illustrates what was said. At the wall, in yeah, that totally. discussion with John and Amon. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, man. You know, it, it does get a little easier every time, especially when you know it's coming. Um, I was going through Reddit just to see a couple questions that people had, and uh, there for sure were a lot of people. I think the top voted thing on the weekly rewatch is like, I legit thought we were going to see Ned going to the wall and talking to John about his mom. <laughs> like, and I can't. I don't think I was ever that ignorant about it, but I definitely that should have spelled out his death when he's like, "Next time I see you, I'll tell you about your mother." No, I think I think it was. I think we all knew somewhere inside. We all knew what was going to happen, and we just were in denial up until the point where it happened, and then we were even like in denial like for the next like thirty seconds afterwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you have to remember back in the day when you didn't have HBO Go and you had all seven seasons. That was it for a year. And you're just like, well, we actually have another episode. I always forget about this, too, because this is such a pinnacle. It's like always a finale is the episode before the last. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Um, For the spoiler-free section, we are going to be talking all about the spoilers, and they are dark and scary. So if you haven't been caught up with all of season, uh, all the way up to season seven, then don't listen to it, because you're going to get spoiled to left and right. Uh, If you are, though, just listen to the music, and we'll be right back. As always, if you want to get uh, in touch with us, you can always go and send us an email at tobeperfectlyhonestpodcast at gmail.com, which is in the link in the description, or go to our personal website. As always, I'm Corey. I'm Anel. And I'm Matt. And be perfectly honest. Okay, we're back in the spoiler zone. So now we can talk freely. Okay. We don't have to pretend like we're noobs, Matt. Yeah, I'll pull out my notes now. Okay, so what's been the most pressing? You know what, Anel? You didn't talk a whole lot in the first one. I think you have a lot of spoilers waiting for us. What's some spoiler that you got for me? Isn't Shay a bitch? Yeah, fuck Shay. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. Especially Honestly, that whole story just made me want to say fuck Tywin. Fuck About everybody. Taisha, the, the whole thing about yeah. Taisha oh, yeah. and how she wasn't a whore. Yeah. And they told him that and then, like, made her have sex with everybody 
So she did turn up to be a whore? Yeah, yeah. So like they forced her to be a whore, but yeah. like she wasn't before. She genuinely like loved him. So fucked. Dude. So fucked. And it makes me kind of hate Jamie a little bit. And so I was like, I was thinking about character arcs <clears throat> because this is the first episode that I've gone back. So I'm just like the entire time I'm like, oh my gosh, like we left him here and yeah. how, how long it's been and how much has changed. Like watching John and Eamon, like, you know, Eamon's dead now. Yeah. And like I, so the books are a little bit different about that whole thing. Like Eamon tries to leave and go with Sam to the Citadel mm. and he like dies on a ship on the way. Well, isn't it's the, really sad. The family uh, structure too is different in the books, isn't it? Like they once removed him in this or something. I, can't I think remember. he was a little bit closer to the. No, He's he did. Away he, no, he did. In the well, books, isn't he? I can't. There's like a generation after that. I can't remember. I, I can't remember. He was really old in the books, though. Yeah, he's like a hundred or something, yeah. right? Pushing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, yeah, I think for me the, the spoiler stuff that I just have to bite my tongue on is this Miri fucking Mazul fucking bullshit with these fucking goddamn Carl Drogo fucking this horse. Fucking, she's getting everybody fighting. I was worried about cursing earlier. Oh, no. <laughs> We're pirates. I just cannot believe how fucking stupid Danny is with this. And thank God she's the stupid because then we get some fucking dragons. But Jesus fucking Christ. Like, the only thing that lady could do different that would give you more of a clue that she's evil as shit is to be like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you probably shouldn't trust someone that you just let all your homies rape, rape. for 40 I mean, times. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I could trust you after but, that. But at the same point, like, who can she trust? Like, the, the only person that's even, like, remotely there in her best interest at this point, besides Cal Drogo, because he's, like, a fucking vegetable, yeah. uh, is, is Jorah. And she's, like, not 100% on board with Jorah right now. But Jorah's already, like, sold all her secrets to get by that, his freedom. But she doesn't know that. I yeah. know, but just to your point, like... She can't trust anyone. The scene, man. I just can't even start. It, it's just so fucking ridiculous. I And then I cannot believe that she would... First of all, can you imagine yourself in the situation where you're a woman, so you have basically no power when the call dies, and you know this. People are actively telling you, hey, he don't look too good. We're all going to fucking peace out. His brother is like... Um, as soon as he dies, like, I'm going to fucking kill you, bitch. And you're like, you know what I should do? I should take the symbol, literally the symbol of these people, a fucking horse, march it in this fucking tent, kill it, have some demon sounds going left and right, and then walk out and have blood all over my face. Like, well, I mean, if your option is, okay, the person that is my only power and my protection is about ready to die. Uh, what do you got to lose? Yeah, exactly. I, I'd be afraid that shit would be coming at me even hotter than that. Yeah, but I mean, she's also, I mean, she, she, I mean, like they, they constantly tell her that she doesn't know what she's talking about. Like she's, no. she's. Rule number one of being a woman is never let another bitch touch your man. Rule number Damn. one. Yeah, but I don't think she'd learn that part. She definitely yeah. didn't. But she's like she has one. all the makings to become a psychopath because well, like. super sheltered though. From yeah. birth, like has she ever had anyone that is has her best interest in mind? No, she, yeah. Well, her I mean, mom kinda, died. Her mom died in childbirth, and yeah. So, stone where has she? Yeah, the stone bone. Has she had a relationship with someone who truly cares about her, and not what she can do for them? At this point, no, definitely. Her not. dragons, but they're kind of just worried about. Well, we don't know that at this part, but yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's the closest thing to that's Jorah, but I mean, 
And then she finds out that he's like. But George just wants to fuck her. Too, I feel like is half of his motivation. Is know? what what? He just wants to fuck her. Like, well, we've already established that he's uh, a whore. A whore. A whore bag. Yeah. So. I have, we find out in this next episode, I believe, is where basically Mary admits to everything because she jumps in the funeral pyre, or she's tied to the funeral pyre with um, Daenerys. Do you think, okay, so basically Mary's like, hey, once I start this shit, no one can enter. And that's what's the big deal with um, the call's brother, right? So Jorah's like, oh, what's going to fight? Like, you can't go in there. And then she gets knocked out from that. And Jorah's like, oh, there's no midwives. Let me bring you into that tent. And we find out later that she paid for, um, you know, the the life, quote unquote, of the call being returned, even though he's a vegetable after that, mm-hmm. um, with her unborn sons. Mm-hmm. But if she wouldn't have went into that tent, would that have happened? I don't know, man. And at that point, is it George's fault? Wait, what? Oh, I see. Because he didn't let the other person go in. He brought her in there. Oh, after. Yeah. And she's like, she f- straight up told everybody. Well, she was like, nobody better come in here. And she said, you know, a life with a life. But there's also two other people that are holding the horse in there. Like, who fucking knows what really was going on? Yeah, I don't think there's any rule book. I don't know. That that irks me a little bit. I don't think George spent too much time, like, really trying to figure out how magic works. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it's just like little... a, it's not like it doesn't play as big a part. No definitely i mean there's a lot of stuff that's just completely different like the the way that she's immune to fire basically in the books like it's kind of mentioned that she's like a heat tolerance but like the her surviving in the funeral pyre is like a one-time magical thing yeah and like in the show it's kind of not like they're kind of hinting more that's a targaryen actual thing i think she gets burned by one of the dragons at one point like i think i think she gets burned while she's using a whip i think at at some point in the books Mm -hmm. but yeah, like there is, there is still, there is still definitely a level of like, oh, th- this dragon could just like murder me in a, any second. Yeah, definitely, totally. Do, do you find it like odd that we didn't really talk about one life for another when John came back? It's, I think it's different magic. It is, yeah, yeah, because I mean, the Mary Mazdur, I don't think is doing like a she's a doing lore. Yeah, but so does so does. Um... There's no there's no life for a life when Dundarian. Yeah, that, that's the thing is like there's these undead zombies all over these different religions, right? So right. They have the whites basically that they can just pop that's up. The, those are the whenever. others. Yeah. So you feel like the magic is non-related? No, I mean it's like I, it's all related. I it's think all. It's... I feel like it's just like kind of how our stuff is. It's like if if religion yeah. is if religion is real. Then you just have these different places kind of having a different perspective, you know, and and like looking at looking at truth from a different angle. So R'hllor is probably some figure within the seven or maybe multiple figures within the seven. Uh, and then like the stranger and um, the other or whatever, like the, the you mother. Know, just Yeah, like there could be, you know, you, you split split the seven and, and like some of them are R'hllor. And I don't know, mm-hmm. but I just I feel like. I feel like there is separation to to my knowledge and I could be wrong but I think there is definitely sacrifice involved with all, all of these reincarnations but blood magic specifically is the only one where you're trading a life for a life the drowned god they'll bring you back to life after you're drowned uh you have the others so they're not trading lives or anything when well, you're just dead and they're bringing you back they're not 
training anyone else's life for that. Uh, Dondarian with, um, you know, with all of that, like the, he is like not remembering things, I think is the trade off. And he's like, feels like he's losing a little bit of his like soul. Well, so did John. Yeah, true. But that's the same God. Technically, right. right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's uh, what's her face? Uh, uh, Melisandre. Definitely, there's like this diversity, but at the same time, we see the same thing kind of happening over and over again. The difference is that all of these people are like working on behalf of their god. Um, I don't think that she necessarily is working on behalf of her god. She's like doing blood magic. She's basically working with like maybe the version of the devil here. Like basically, like oh yeah, we do this, but it's gonna fuck all you over, and I'm gonna sacrifice myself. Well, I don't think god. she was expecting to die. Oh, I think she was, but. Yeah, she was pretty pissed off. Like, she was definitely holding a grudge against all those guys. Because, like, oh, yeah. she, she might have gotten raped or something. But oh, she, like... got, she says in the next episode she got raped, like, multiple times. And I, if you look at it, though, like, if you're these lamb people, I can't remember what their actual name is. But, like, they are literally only people they war with is the Dothraki. They come, they take other people. They it doesn't sound like they do a very good job of warring either. No. And you got to think like she just took the head of the call <laughs> like yeah for sure she's a fucking hero in these people's lines so i mean i i get it i just think that it's kind of strange to me that she has this vendetta i mean it's basically a vendetta it's daenerys and she's the one that's really trying to like help her people out like um okay so we got that out of the way mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about john snow and Amen. Because we talked about it briefly, and I know Anel talked about it a lot, but I think there is a lot just to unpack here. Like, it is literally just fucking insane. I mean, think for a minute, and this is the according to the family tree that he's talking about in this episode, so according to the show, but he is, he was a brother to a king, he was a uncle to the Mad King, and he has one other relationship to a king, and I can't remember what that is. Okay, so he was a son of a king brother of a king and uncle of a king. So, right, so he would have been next in line and because he abdicated, yep. uh the mad king became king. Yep. So like you're thinking about choices and everything, you know, John John is making choices, Crazy. Ned's making choices, and we were talking about how they were making the wrong choice. Yeah. And and they were doing it because like not for honor, you yeah. know, like yeah, but who's to say it was wrong? And then, and then Aemon, and then Aemon, Aemon like, chooses to keep his oath, and like the Mad King happens. Yeah, and his totally. entire family gets eradicated because totally. he decides to keep his oath in the wall. But you never know, and I think that's I, why I think his words are so important. Is you know he says to John, "Whatever your choice is, right or wrong, mm -hmm. like you, you have, have to, to live, live with, with it. it." And that is totally. And I mean, hella foreshadowing, or or just like trickling down in the thing if if Eamon hadn't uh and I mean we're talking about a song of ice and fire right he if to fight with Rob well no I'm saying if Eamon if Eamon hadn't abdicated and Eris wasn't the king and all this shit didn't happen then Daenerys would have never been no never and on dragons wouldn't be born exactly be so no it's just like back. yeah you know you can trace it back the to that first domino kind of thing and I don't know it's really, it's just like, there's so much Ned going on. Ned would have not, I don't know if he would have known Robert, but he wouldn't have been in Robert's Rebellion. No, he wouldn't have been married. I mean, Cersei would have married a Targaryen. Like, 
Well, no, because oh, she wouldn't have. She would. Yeah, yeah, he never. Yeah. He that's right. had that already thrown shade at the yeah, Lannisters. That's right. In fact, that was the whole reason why he became paranoid. Yeah, Ty- Ty- Tywin like opened the gates at King's Landing, if I recall correctly. Like the Lannisters well, betrayed. Okay, but wait, we're we're saying that Aemon would be king, right? So if he would be king, the Mad King wouldn't be king. So he probably wouldn't be paranoid. So then she probably would have married one of them. Because the Lannisters were the hand of the king at that point with the Mad King. And so that's what started happening. Yeah, but there was something something that Tywin did that pissed him off. There was something that Tywin had done. But you're right. I mean, there's no way to speculate. It's like the butterfly effect. Totally. But it's crazy (laughs) to think about, like, what could have been. And it's crazy to think about, like, you have this one guy basically at the wall, right? You look at him, you're like, "Ah, that dumb, blind piece of shit. Some people are like, oh, let me get to know you. I can guarantee you there's probably three people that even know who he is. Maybe they don't even realize. He's like an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, exactly. But how many of these people are just floating everywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, You have no idea about. And that's what makes me excited. Well, yeah, plus there's no, like, there's no, there's no way for everybody to, like, share rumors and stuff. It's just... How much can you fit on a raven, you know? What what else do you guys have to talk about? I have a lot, but I, I feel like I'm dominating the show. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I get I got frustrated by the by. I mean, this is a running theme, but just like the stubbornness, the stark stubbornness. Like yeah. we're talking about cycles and all this other stuff, and it's just like and they just drop. Yeah, because they're frustrating. Honor takes you really far in some places, but it really fucking is like tying your leg behind your back. Yeah, like it's like their Achilles heel is their predictable totally. because of their their honor and integrity and stuff. You yep. get taken advantage of because of it. Fuck Joffrey. <laughs> yeah, that's a good theme for this episode. I I just I said a lot of that in in, in my notes. Fuck Joffrey. Fuck Joffrey. Well done. Fuck Joffrey. Yeah, basically like yeah, well done. He, you know, the actor did a really good job, but, like, fuck him. Imagining what it must have been like for Arya and for Sansa to see their father's head get chopped off. With his own sword. I mean, just... After confessing to treason that you know he's innocent of. And then I, and then just feeling, like, completely helpless and futile. Like, there's nothing you can do against and them. And what's the guy at the... Because, okay, literally no one in that audience really knows who Ned Stark is. These are all Southerners. And, um, you know, they just hear somebody confess to treason. So they're like, yeah, off with his head. But then the guy at the end. They just said off with his head no matter what he said. Who gives his. So at the end, you see Yoren kind of grab Arya and protect her from watching this. And, you know, he's just heard Ned confess, and he doesn't know if that's true or not, but just out of respect for the Stark name, because he's a northerner, he kind of protects Arya, and, and she doesn't see her dad actually get his head chopped off. Wait, wasn't he from the Wall? Yeah. He was just down there for some... He was recruiting a, people, yeah, but that's he, right. in the episode, uh, two episodes ago, he basically talks to Ned and is like, hey, I was riding down to King's Landing to look for more recruits, but... I heard your dumbass bitch wife took uh, Tyrion captive and I ran here before everybody else. So we already kind of is like, hey, I'm, I know your brother and your brother is <laughs> my brother because of the Night's Watch. Definitely so breaking an oath and getting involved. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. I'm not. I'm done. I won't judge him. Didn't really do much besides save uh, 
Are you I mean, he probably he he probably has sex with the the chicks at that one town too. So probably. I mean, yeah. And Sansa doesn't know if if it's true or not. Do you think she believes him that he committed treason, or do you think she's like? No, that's another sad thing too. Is like she doesn't. I'm sure she's confused. Uh, one thing I was going to say earlier, bringing this all back to John and Eamon. Uh, <clears throat> it all goes back to John and Eamon. Well, 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 yeah, because it's actually Eamon and Eamon, isn't it? Aegon, not Eamon. Yeah. yeah, but a word. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, fuck. What yeah, is it? it's Aegon and Eamon. It's like you know, uh, uh, one other thing to unpack thing about that relationship, about that conversation, is that these, he's talking about how he lost his entire family. The While last, talking to one of his family members, like two of the last three Targaryens that are alive in the world, right? That's yeah. nuts and crazy. Just well, uh, uh, later on in season whatever, when Ollie and For the Watch and all of that happens, um, I remember him saying, "You know, it's not good for a Targaryen to be alone." Remember that? Briefly, yeah. Well, but they also say the same thing about the Starks. No, Starks just don't. Star- they say Starks are dumb, dumb. as rocks. <laughs> dumb as fuck. <laughs> dumb, no, they say dumb uh, as they rocks. say they say you know uh, uh, a lone lone wolf with the, pack, the lone wolf with the pack but with the pack you survive something like that. They also yeah. say Starks don't fail, fare well in the south. Yeah, but they keep the going heat. down there. <laughs> it made me sad to see Jamie with his hand, honestly. Like it made me sad to just remember yeah. that you know, like he was he was shiny at one point, and yeah. then you know the neighborhood kids got him, and now he's all beat up. Yeah, but now he has a fucking character arc where he's not a huge. Oh yeah, piece for of sure. Shit, like. Well, actually, that was one of the things that stood out to me too was the the like contrasting character arcs, like knowing the story and just being reminded yeah. of like John. John's character arc is, you know, he's growing out of his like innocent naive nature, but he's still kind of like very much following in the footsteps of father. Yeah. Um, and real father and like that whole thing, not really withstanding, but, um, and then Tyrion is like the complete opposite of that where it's like, he's growing away from his, yeah, family. he's been raised in, in really just kind of like a toxic. Lannister household. <laughs> yeah. And, <clears throat> and I feel like he's kind of always been, well, he has always been the black sheep, but I feel like he, his arc is interesting in just the sense that he kind of overcomes that and decides to be different than his family. And yeah. I, uh, I think he's probably my favorite character arc out of all of them. Yeah, I remembering back to when you first watched this, which has been a while. I don't think I was really that interested in John up until like right about this point, because before this, he's so fucking boring. Yeah, I wasn't interested in John. Really? Until we watched, the like, until we were at UAA and we were talking and you're like, well, there's this whole thing about the Tower of, what's it called? Joy. The Tower of Joy. And I was like, that's a penis yeah. reference, but whatever. <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> it's like, everything's a phallus yeah. with George. <laughs> but uh, that whole thing, and I was just, that was like, that was like the moment where I was like, okay, there's, there's more to this. And I'm super intrigued. And then, like, what you said earlier, there's, like, time travel and whatnot. Like, that's... Now we just... That's, like... I cannot wait to watch this season. I can't either. It's driving me literally insane. Yeah. Like, Bran's gonna be, like, another three feet taller. 
<laughs> Bran's gonna be taking Hodor's yeah, dead corpse exactly. on his back. Hodor. I thought Hodor mm. died, guys. Well, another thing that I found uh, really fascinating is up until this episode, you know, you knew that you didn't like Joffrey, but you kind of felt like Cersei was still, you know, pulling the strings behind the behind him, you know, like that's her son. She ultimately has control. She's the what what do they call it, the queen regent. Mhm. And you see in this episode that she, Joffrey is not just the regular butthole, but but also a stupid butthole. Well, Even we are <laughs> we are we already knew he was stupid, but you learn that he's capable of I mean, my mind was blown that he would have Sansa and, well, I guess he didn't know that Arya was there, but just to change the total script of how everything was going to go down right last minute. And he's like a loose cannon. It was a sexual thing. And he was, it was him like dominating her. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, oh, I honestly do yeah. think that was part. I was, was like, yeah, in the other episodes, still thinking about Cersei, so that threw me off. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. what? Yeah, no, like the look on her face when he says that, she's pissed. It's like, a she's power, like, you idiot. The, to Joff, the power dynamic just changes, and that's when you're like, man, this, <laughs> no one's safe. Yeah. You have Sansa there who just saw her dad's head got chopped off, and. He's probably her best um, level of protection there, and boom, he's oh. gone. Um, I'll have to probably edit this in a different order, but uh, another thing that we didn't really talk about is like how Catelyn basically is like, oh, yeah, we need to cross this. Yeah, you know what? How about I just promise all my kids marry you? Well, I think it is the same thing that you were tying in earlier to choices. You know, sometimes there is no right answer. You have six of one, half a dozen of the other, and you just have to choose what's best for that moment. Um, when you you heard Rob just trying to, like, negotiate, like, in his mind, like, okay, well, is there any other option? And when he finds out there's not, he just he goes with it. He commits. And it's yeah. not what he truly wants. He just has to make that commitment. And then you see how quick that decision was and how they were just kind of forced and it was like a rock in a hard place type of scenario where I mean I'm sure they put some thought into it but knowing now what happens you're just like no <laughs> you need to think about mm -hmm. this but then you know you have the whole trickle down effect of like okay if he wouldn't have you know got passage then what then he would still be alive He'd be alive, but maybe not because Tywin's army. Been, yeah. yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think that Tywin I think that given sexy. the information, huh? You find Tywin sexy? Is that what you said? Skin that deer. <laughs> um, Tywin Lannister. Old. Tywin? No, Tywin Stark. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I, I'm just trying to clarify, and just didn't didn't think he was your type. <clears throat> but I mean, Tywin. Fuck, Tywin's powerful. Like I can, I get the, I get that. You know, if you're into that. But, but Tywin's power kind of. And he's really smart. I'm into that too. But I think it's driven from the fact that how things went down with his father. Wait, with Tywin? Mm hmm. Well, I mean, maybe, but I just, I, th 
I like Tywin's character <clears throat> because I think that he's one of the few people that doesn't let emotion really drive his decisions. You know, he, he like I feel like all of the decisions that he makes is for the good of the Lannister family. Like he's taking care of his family for the most part, besides Ty, uh, Tyrion. But yeah, you know, totally. Um, and like, you know, if his children were doing everything that he was telling them to do, a lot of the stuff wouldn't have happened. I mean, like, he was pissed about Ned later on. Finding out about that after the fact, he was... Remember, he comes back and he's like... Oh, yeah, he's... Oh, yeah. Uh, Jamie's like, captured. Slams the door in. Ned's and, head is chopped off. Yeah. WTF, His guys. little shitty grandson is I on the throne. I leave for five minutes and this is what happens? Yeah. Can't leave the kids at home alone ever. Seriously. And, like, all of the careful scheming that he's done, just like, you know... Oh, we'll do this, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do this for like generations. You got to think like his this entire family's been doing this, and then literally it's this like yeah, yeah, let's just fucking kill everybody, eh. like chat all over it. And he's so old at this point where it's like yeah, Jamie takes the Jamie here. takes the white. I mean, <clears throat> at the end of the day, don't don't be letting your kids hump. You know, like you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, incest is not best. Uh, the, but Sully, like, they, their whole... I'm a Targaryen lover. I firmly disagree. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, all of that careful planning and everything goes out the window because they're having an affair and it, Jamie chooses to take the white because that way he can be close to her. Yeah. And she, you know, ends up having illegitimate children with him that... Throws the entire fucking thing into chaos. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, like literally everything starts from the very beginning. Everything starts because of them having an affair. Those kids being not the real heir to the throne. Yeah. And. Um, oh, uh, John yeah, Aaron. Yeah, John Aaron. He, he gets killed because for, fi for finding out. And. Yeah. And Bran gets crip. I'm like, oh, the, that's like the that's like the catalyst of like the whole thing. Okay. Well, all in all. This was a crazy episode. We had a lot to unpack. Matt, I want to thank you for being our guest on this episode. I think we got a lot of information on there. Um, we learned a lot about the books, too. I think a lot of stuff that we don't normally talk about, we got a chance to air out since this is basically, for all, for all intents and purposes, like the the top of the arc of the season. Yeah, it's a pivotal episode in the first season, for sure. They all kind of follow the same template where like the, the second to last is kind of where everything happens. And then we kind of have a cliffhanger on the end, but it's really like all the action, all the suspense is happening to this episode. Um, as always, we're going to be back next week on Sunday and we're going to be doing the final episode of season one. This is going to be the last episode that we're going to be doing as a review. The next episode we're going to be doing is our review on all the other seasons and what we think is going to be happening in season eight. So season eight prediction episode. Are you guys ready? Knowing what we know now, I'm excited for it and we might have a guest on that one as well. So you'll just have to stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed. And as always, I'm Corey. I'm Anel. And this has been perfectly honest. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome.